0: Wretched Radio begins in 3, 2, 1.
1: God gave me a Ferrari because I am a Ferrari. You're a Ferrari too. When God made you, He had all the
2: options put on. You are fully loaded and totally
1: equipped. So do this with me. Where did we ever come up with the style of preaching we have today? There is some entertaining preaching but not convicting preaching, and the legacy has been tragic.
0: It's time for Wretched Radio with Todd Friel.
1: Your body is being attacked. This is Wretched Radio. Nope, you can't get a salve. No medication is going to stop the assault on your body. Not a physical attack, but certainly a cultural attack on the body, a moral attack on the body, and most definitely a spiritual assault on the human body. We are living in an age that is redefining the value of this shell that God values. Can you say that God values the soul more than the body? Uh, Well, it's what makes you you, but to say that God doesn't value the body is woefully wrong. He gave us, we are not disembodied spirits. He gave us a physical body for a reason. Furthermore, Jesus, as we speak, has a physical body. As the first fruits of the resurrection, he has a physical body. Like you're going to have, you are going to get an eternal body fit to last forever. Unlike a Tesla that wears down way sooner than the advertising suggests, you're just going to be a little Energizer Bunny. Now, will you need sleep? Yes, but your body is never going to rust out, wear out, or burn out. It's just going to keep going. Isn't that a lovely thought? That your body, no more aches, no more pains, but we are not going to not only, how many negatives was that? We are not only not going to not have pain, but this thing ain't going to break down. You you aren't going to need medicine. You You aren't going to need to be healed because your body is just going to keep on ticking because God values the human body. Remember, we're not going to be drifting around heaven. We are going to be on a new heaven on this earth, a new heaven, a new earth, where we'll have physical bodies. We'll eat physical food. We'll do physical things. There will be what's underneath our feet, very physical. That's because God esteems the body. Which is more, you can have that debate, body or soul. But to neglect any sort of high view of the body is to really just march in lockstep to what our society is attempting to do. Carl Truman, he's a blessing to the body. He's one of them, their deep thinkers. And he joins a long line of Christian thinkers who put thought into the body. Do you value your body? Well, intrinsically, you do because you don't want it burned you 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 don't want it hurt you don't want bones broken but there's more to the body than that and carl truman in a very helpful article critiquing dennis prager's troubling defense of pornography it ain't so bad as long as you use it for a good reason is actually an anthropological issue what it means to be human what is the human body. We need a higher view of it. This has so many implications. All of the stories that you're reading about with trans and how you use it sexually, it's because the body is a frivolous thing. What your body says is irrelevant, frankly. It really just depends on What's inside of you, which actually was another article I read on the subject, the battle to technologize the body from the American mind, talking about how we have changed the way that we view the body. And this is something that's been going on for a long time. This article said interior sentiment is upheld as the final arbiter of one's true identity. My inside, more important than my outside. How you feel on the inside is inviolable. The self, so we're told, has a moral obligation to be true to the internal spirit. And a lot of young people are being convinced that this meat—what do they call a meat? Uh, uh, they, they, the kids call it something. This, this, we're just a slab of meat or something. We're meat puppets. I think that's it. The self, we are told, is has an obligation to the internal spirit. And young people are convinced that this metaphysical cocoon cannot be fully escaped until the outside, the body, is brought into line with those feelings inside. And we are seeing that thinking manifest itself with virtually every social issue that we're dealing with. You can't tell me what to do with my body, says the pregnant woman. Yep. What I want to do on the inside will determine what I do with the body, because what I feel is more important than anything in the physical realm. I think the Gnostics, if they were alive today, they might be very impressed with the worldview of the pagans and, well, frankly, too many Christians. But back to Carl Truman, we live in a time of anthropological chaos, where the very notion of what it means to be human is no longer a matter of broad social and political consensus. We determine it for ourselves. He also cites pornography is a great example of this, that there is no moral consensus. Why? Because, hey, what you do in the privacy of your own home with your body, long as it doesn't hurt anybody else's body, is fine. Truman writes, behind the problems that should have been obvious to Dennis Prager, who said, Pornography, as long as it enhances your marriage, thumbs up. One, the objectification of other people. Two, human trafficking. Three, the transformation of sex into something that is self rather than other directed. There's a lesson a lot of young married couples need to learn. Number four, reduction of the participants to instruments of pleasure for spectators. It lies a basic philosophy of life that sees me, my desires, and my fulfillment at the core of what it means to be human. So pornography is part of an anthropological shift that manifests itself most obviously in sexual mores, but is even more comprehensive in its significance. There's a worldview behind these new norms. Pornography is good? According to Dennis Prager? A conservative Jewish man, a conservative political talk show host, it's good. His understanding of the body is bad. It's low and it's in lockstep with our culture. Truman, everyday language hints at this. There's been an interesting shift in English idiom over recent years from the language of making love to that of having sex. Huh. They sure are different, aren't they? The former, which seems quaint by today's standards, speaks of an act that can only take place between two people who know and love each other and which has at its core the act of giving. It is deeply relational. And the parties involved are selves, not merely bodies. That this phrase has been supplanted by having sex which requires no relationship connotes not giving, but taking pleasure. Hedonism reflects a foundational change in social attitudes to sex that rest upon radical therapeutic individualism. That's the same thing that the American mind article was talking about. The self is, is the king of the universe And you better get out of my way, because if I want something, how dare you somehow force me to deny my true self? Others have become instruments, means to one's own selfish end. One can only make love to a lover, but one can have sex with anybody or indeed any body. A fellow named Roger Scruton, hopefully I said that right. He was saw modern art as focused upon a desecration of the human form. This, this is this is now what we are going to be forced to call pornography, the art form of pornography. But nevertheless, such videos are cultural artifacts that a proje- the project of vision of what it means to be human. So, porn is teaching us what it actually means to be human. They're turning us into animals, Then we have no moral compass. Just do whatever makes your body happy. Quote, and they surely present it as a desecration of the human body form, whereby selves are reduced to bodies and bodies are reduced to raw material to be used and abused in any way that satisfies. If you see pornography as morally neutral and consider its moral value to be found in the way it is used, rather than in the acts it involves, the manner in which it's produced, and the philosophy of being human that it projects, then you're not conservative, Dennis Prager. You're complicit in the desecration of the human form and in the erasure of what it means to be human. Failure to see that simply reveals how philosophically superficial this particular brand of conservatism is. All that to say, and it was a lot And Carl Truman, sometimes can be a little bit of a challenge. He's sometimes right on that verge of being really academically difficult. And yet he points us toward a direction that is being neglected in the church. And that is more teaching on God's value of the human body. This has implications for your church. So here's a question for you, mom and dad. Do you ever talk to your kids about the theology of the body? We'll try to do that next on Wretched Radio. How's inflation been treating you if costs for health insurance are skyrocketing in your home? Would you please visit MediShare.com slash Wretched. Affordable, biblical health sharing, Christians paying for other Christians' medical bills, which means you don't have to worry where the money is going for bad stuff. Second of all, you can save on average $500 per month. And finally, MediShare, it's the gold standard for healthcare sharing for more than 25 years. It works and the members, including myself and Mrs. Friel, love it, which is why their customer satisfaction rate is double traditional health insurance. If inflation has got you down, call up the people at MediShare, eight four four three four 34 bible or MediShare.com slash Wretched.
2: You know, what used to be a movie is now our sad reality. We're living in a world that's gone absolutely bonkers. So much so that six mads just aren't enough to describe it. Social media may be bombarding us left and right. Our Christian worldview may be under assault, but we have the dynamic duo of Todd Friel and Dr. Nathan Buznitz, and they're coming to the rescue with Wretched Worldview 2, tackling 22 of those pesky, thorny, contemporary issues through a biblical lens, helping to defend the biblical view on things like sexuality and gender, critical race theory, modesty and apparel, persecution, secular entertainment, environmentalism, 22 issues to be exact. So what are you waiting for? Head on over to wretched.org, grab your copy of Wretched Worldview 2. And hey, while you're there, snag that study guide too because it's the perfect companion for navigating this mad, 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 mad world with wisdom and grace.
1: Busy, busy, busy. Last year, preborn ministries provided over 92,000 ultrasounds. 54,000 babies were saved. 69 ultrasound machines were placed. 10,000 people responded to the gospel. with trained specialists, which is why the success rates are so staggeringly high at saving lives with preborn. Please consider supporting preborn at preborn.org slash wretched preborn.org slash wretched. Books of the Bible.
0: Jude was the brother of the Lord Jesus Christ. He wrote an epistle to contend for the faith that was once for all delivered to the saints. He contends for the faith with a passionate and vehement attack against false teachers. When you want to know God's concern for the truth, Jude has 25 intense verses just for you. This is Wretched Radio with
1: Todd Friel. Let me know when this gets up your nose. Real, it's too late. This is Wretched Radio. I hold in my never-before-nicotine-stained fingers four articles that have one thing in common. That thing is anthropology. That's right. It isn't just some fringy academic course or degree that you can get at a government university. It is a Christian subject. We have something to say about the body. After all, God fashioned each and every one of them. Jesus took on human form. Jesus has a resurrection body. You are going to go into the ground and you might just become worm food, but you're going to have a resurrected body that will be raised to everlasting life. You'll either spend it in heaven or in hell, but you will have an eternal body. In other words, God has something to say about it. And the world is trying to shout God down. And this ain't nothing new. If you recall, even in the New Testament, we see whiffs of Gnosticism. And this really, I think you can thank guys like Plato. The separation between thinking, values, morals, certainly religion, and how we feel versus the body. The body, not so important that that's that's they're kind of separate. They're kind of distinct. The the body is a lesser thing. And the Gnostics then taught we need to have a higher knowledge to raise us to a higher level, to transcend these mere mortal coils. And we're seeing that on steroids today. And these four headlines reveal that headline number one. This is from the Tallahassee newspaper. Headlines are fascinating these days. <laughs> these supposed newspapers that hopefully once upon a time had journalistic integrity, they just tip their hand constantly. Florida, there's a transgender care ban. Transgender care, says the headline. Care, mutilating somebody's body. If you've never, you, you, you don't have to. I, I've read some of it, and I kind of just turn away and then move on because you get the point. What they do to somebody's body to help them in their deception? Woo wee doggy! Okay, this this will at least be sanitary enough. They'll take skin from your forearms. Nobody ever sees those skin from your forearms to fashion faux body parts. Hey. That's a high view of the body, isn't it? No, it's a tremendously low view of the body. We can take it and maim it and conform it so it matches what we think on the inside. There it is. Gnosticism in modern day times. The, this is the headline. The Florida Transgender Care Ban and the Excruciating Choices It Creates. Okay, so getting your body maimed, that ain't excruciating. That's care. It's the feeling that I don't get to look like what I think I am on the inside. That's excruciating. Well no, that's that's a bad anthropology, is what that is. Headline number two. Trans kids prescribed more antipsychotic meds after beginning gender transition than before, says a study. That's fascinating, isn't it? Have you been bullied into thinking, well, these kids that are struggling with these issues, if we don't maim their bodies They're going to kill themselves, according to the Journal of Sexual Medicine, examined the Department of Defense medical records of 3,700 trans-identified adolescents and their siblings who do not identify as transgender. Hmm. So you're not born that way? It's culturally informed? Hmm. Hmm. The findings reveal no improvement in mental health after commencing hormone interventions and an increase in prescriptions for psychotropic medication. Keep abusing the body. It doesn't matter how you treat that thing. It's all about bringing that carcass, that meat puppet, into alignment with what you think. New York Times. This is the New York Times headline. Interested in polyamory? Really? Really? We're, we're endorsing it? This article absolutely does. Interested in polyamory? Check out these places right outside of Boston, Somerville, Massachusetts, about 80,000 residents. They're passing legislation so that you can shack up with multitudes and have all of the benefits and the rights of any other configuration. It's called the Domestic Partnership Law. Arlington and Cambridge, right outside of Boston, added polyamorous units to their existing domestic partnership ordinances. Cool. You know, so that they can visit each other in the hospital. <laughs> this, this article, unbelievable. This is New York Times. People in non-monogamous relationships are still often perceived and represented negatively. We've got to change that. Some are afraid to come out at work for fear of being fired or overlooked for promotions. Since there are no employment protections on the basis of relationship structure. Jimmy, that's all all it's about. The polyamory push. Mm -hmm. Just so you don't get fired at work and you can go visit one of your 16 spouses in the hospital. That's all. (laughs) Parents sometimes lose custody battles in family court because they have multiple partners. Yeah, because it's a mess for the kids. That's why. Why? One last note, and we'll return to the body. They talk about a guy, 37 years old, a chemist, who's lived on and off in Somerville for six years. They they actually use the title, Mr., who's been non-monogamous since he was in college, currently has... <sighs> A nesting partner, a long-term partner, two long-distance partners, and a kink-based relationship with another person. Okay, all right, yeah, this is about hospital visits. No, it is about using my body in any way that brings me pleasure and makes me happy on the inside. In other words, a super low anthropology. Christian should be talking about the body more and in higher terms. Last article, FDA paves way for more gay and bisexual men to donate blood with new risk-based assessment. So they're shrinking the amount of time, won't get into the details, but if you participate in those activities, you can still give blood. Well, what about risks and danger? Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter what happens to your body. Are they happy on the inside? This is all anthropology fundamentally. Now, there's other elements, of course. An article that was written in the American Mind by one Adam L. Atomy, as his friends call him, since the very beginning of civilization, the greatest technological innovations have been attempts to overcome the limits of nature. That's not necessarily a bad thing. Strategic use of fire aimed to overcome the cold and the darkness of night. The wheel overcame our body's inability to easily move more heavy objects. The airplane liberated our bodies from the ground and from the speed limitations imposed by other forms of travel. In a sense, the body has become synonymous with limitation. To be embodied is to have a finite existence in space and time. This is an important shift. Why? Because if this meat puppet, this whatever they call it, Jimmy, look, when you look it up, meat puppet, meat sock, the kids, that's (laughs) what they... Derogatory term they use for the body. Okay. That. that, Now what? So what do we do with this terrible thing? And it causes pain. Ew. I, I. I. I've got appendages I don't like. Get rid of them. I. I. I have organs that I find distasteful, and I prefer other organs. Get out your knife, doc. Because the body is esteemed so lowly. Now this particular article, you can you can agree or not, says that is why the move to transhumanism is going to be super simple. to be able to put eyes that can operate like telescopes or microscopes, a brain with processing power like a supercomputer. They say that those are liberations from the body. Restriction, your mortal coil, it's keeping you back. We need to insert electronics to make you More than human, but it's also going to redefine what it means to be human. This is partly why we can't be bored these days. I've got to be amused to death. Now, this body of mine, I can't just sit here. It's, It's so dull. What is going on? It's a debate over the body. Where it's going, we'll see in time, but the world has always had a low view of the body. God has a high view of the body, and we should too, and we should teach that to our children that we are fearfully and wonderfully made, and we are not merely meat puppets. I was right. Yeah, you were. them with meat puppets, (laughs) meat puppets. That alone, I think, summarizes the whole shebang. We could have just saved 22 minutes. Kids call the body meat puppets. God calls them fearfully and wonderfully made. And God knows the best way for us to use our bodies and that our bodies are blessings, not curses. And our bodies are something that actually should be enjoyed and not dismantled and dismembered so that it can come into alignment with what we're feeling on the inside. Maybe, just maybe. Pastor, parent, all of us, we need to start having more conversation about God's emphasis on the body this is wretched radio
2: it's now time for a wretched news break here on wretched radio i'm jimmy hicks well we start today with news from hulu where a new docu series has hit the stream Song, a Mega Church Exposed. Not exactly very binge-worthy, but it does offer a pretty candid look at the behind-the-scenes drama of one of the world's most influential and false megachurches. And look, there are specific issues with certain pastors that are covered in the show. If you're interested, you can watch it, but I'm not going to mention any specific person or many specific incident here. I will say this, however, if you do watch it, Try not to do so with a critical spirit. I'm one to talk. I know. I get it. But seriously, we all know this church is false. We all know the pastors who've led this church are false teachers. And, and these people are lost and hit it for an eternity they really don't want. So our prayer should be that the wrath of God they've been storing up was actually placed on Christ and that they will one day be saved. Now, that would be a documentary worth watching. Well, in the heartland, Nebraska lawmakers have passed a bill to limit minors' access to abortion and body mutilation procedures. The article I read about this called both of these things health care. Not real sure whose health is being cared for in an abortion or a surgery that permanently mutilates one's body. But this decision by legislators in Nebraska is a step toward actual life-saving health care. And now to the world of academia. One professor at a New York college was kind of confused. Well, now she's under investigation. Students for Life of America published a video of the professor vandalizing their display because advocating for saving the life of a baby is not socially acceptable in the eyes of even the highly educated. This is radio, so you couldn't see my air quotes, but trust me, they were there. This one won't be a surprise for any of you, but Senate Democrats have given the green light to a judge who has previously lumped Christian organizations in with hate groups. Yeah, another wolf among wolves. Well, this next story I know probably should have angered me more. And in a sense it did, but this is more tragic and heartbreaking. A New Mexico teenager is facing first-degree murder charges after police say she locked herself in a hospital bathroom, gave birth, and then threw her newborn son into a trash can. The decisions made in this country that devalue human life led to this young lady thinking she could just trash her son. Okay, look, you don't want to be a mother. You don't want to be responsible for your actions in raising a child. Okay, well, there are other options besides killing the baby. Now you do have to be responsible for your actions in murdering that innocent child for no reason at all. I said all of that like she's listening to me. More Wretched Radio is straight ahead. I'm Jimmy Hicks.
0: Books of the Bible. Because God's people disobeyed, he sent them into exile. The Book of Ezra tells us of Israel's return under Ezra's leadership and preaching and how Israel underwent a period of intense reformation. When you experience divine chastisement, look to Ezra to see that God's discipline is meant for your restoration and reformation. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel.
1: This is Wretched Radio with Rick Warren appointed the first ever chancellor of Charles Spurgeon's College in London, claiming that his views on women in leadership are the same as Charles Spurgeon's. Wow. And who? How's about that? Quote, my understanding of the meaning of ordination and conviction from scripture on ministry leadership are identical to Charles Spurgeon's published views. He does have published views. He delights that women serve in the body of Christ. They bring tremendous gifts to the party. But he adhered to 1 Timothy 2:12 unequivocally. So I don't know how they got that worked out, but there you have it. Rick Warren appointed the first ever chancellor of Charles Spurgeon's College. Of, hold on. At this title, right? Oh, thank you, man, 11. We got more breaking news oh. Justin Peters was just appointed Chancellor of revivals At Asbury University <laughs> That's incredible What in the world is going What Another one I- oh, thank you. Man, is. What is- This is Ray Comfort Ray Comfort has taken on the role of fellow at Friendship Evangelism University. This is Absolute. Oh, another one? Thank to to the sky, I'm like, oh, thank you, man, film at 11. Ken Ham? Chancellor? Of Hugh Ross's ministry? What in the world is going Hold on, last one. Thank to to the sky, I'm like, oh, thank you, man, film 11. we paid for that sound effect. John MacArthur was just appointed the head of church state relations by Governor Newsom. I don't know what is going on in the world out there these days. A Rick Warren headline from Baptist News outlining five reasons Saddleback will challenge its expulsion from the SBC. He's not riding off quietly into the sunset. Rick Warren is now offering, here's why we are going to take the SBC to task about their ruling that women shouldn't be a pastor, whether there's an adjective in front of it or not. They shouldn't be pastors. The office of elder reserved for males. Rick Warren, of course, violating that while he was pastor since he resigned. Now, the husband and wife co-preaching duo. They just also, I think they upped the ante. One of the women who was, originally ordained as you know, like, assistant associate pastor or something, is now the pastor pastor at another church. What are Rick Warren's reasons? Let's listen to them. Please do not worry if you have no ink in your pen. You will not need to write down any Bible verses because none are quoted. One, we're challenging the ruling on behalf of millions of SBC women whose God-given spiritual gifts and leadership skills are being wasted. Well, I mean, they're being wasted. Women can teach. It's just certain contexts. There's got to be order, and there's got to be a judge who determines what the order is, and God did that. Their gifts are not being wasted. Just because they can't teach from the sacred desk at the front of the church on Sunday morning? and usurp the authority that belongs to the ones who are the under-shepherds of the great over-shepherd Jesus Christ, their gifts are being wasted. They shouldn't be. And if you're in a church, okay, madam, if you feel like your gifts are being wasted, that is something that should be addressed to an elder or the elders. A church should be served by men and women, or they should be served by women and men. Talk to them about it. Your gifts should go to work. Jimmy, I don't know if I mentioned this, but you know that uh, church plant exploration that we're looking at doing here in Northern Atlanta? Uh Uh-huh. One of the, it's, it's not the biggie, but it's right up on the list of important distinctions of this church. If you come to this church, you can take a time of healing if it is needed. If you need some rest, take a breather, but plan on going to work. Everybody is supposed to be working the one another's are so replete in the New Testament that if you aren't doing something in your local church, I don't I don't know that you're doing it right. You 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 aren't being obedient to sharing with others by doing stuff. You need to identify what your gift is and get on it. Get using it in the context of your local church. So if you want to do a Attend an exploratory church plan meeting like that, you could send an email to dan at org. Reason number two, according to Rick Warren, we're challenging the ruling on behalf of over 300 concerned pastors who have written to me and have female pastors serving on their staffs. Well, they should be worried. They're fearful and worried their congregations will also be disfellowshipped when the new inquisition discovers them oh so what the southern baptists are doing by adhering to the baptist faith and message of 2000 is akin to the roman catholic inquisition where people were put on the rack and forced to convert or die yeah i can i can see that number three we're challenging the ruling on behalf of our missionaries Today, our missionary force in the SBC has almost 1,500 fewer missionaries than we did 23 years ago. That, okay, but the SBC is also shrinking. That's happening, too. And if I were one of the most influential voices and my denomination were shrinking, I'd try to do some math with that. Nevertheless, he says with a renewed emphasis on the restriction of women, we will lose more godly female church planters and couples serving as pastoral teams in the mission field. Don't have to. Of course the wife can serve. Of course she can. We just don't have the right to override God's rules. It is as simple as that. And that is why these five reasons that Saddleback is going to go to war with the SBC contain no Bible verses. Here's another one. We believe a decision this critical to the SBC's identity and future should be decided by the messengers, not a committee. Okay. Well, it depends on, I I don't know the government structure of the SBC. I know that they have their annual meeting. It's going on this June. That's going to be exciting. Make some popcorn. By the way, Jimmy, my popcorn, Uh the stuff that we like to get for a Saturday night date night. Yep. Even the sale price has gone up. And the and I'm telling you, the volume is down. Mm-hmm. It's seven and three quarter ounces. It used to be 10 ounces. And it used to be $2.97 or something like that, which was still a lot for a bag of popcorn. It's now $5.19. <sighs> you got to start making your own. And it used to be two for one. And now it's two for $8, so $4 a bag? Gracious. Honestly, the prices out there, they're driving everybody crazy, don't you know? But I digress. We believe that the decision, according to Rick Warren, should be made by the messengers, not the committee. What's their polity? What is the, what is the structure of the SBC? Does, does leadership ever get to make decisions? But furthermore don't they get to enforce the rules? Isn't that why you put people in, you know, authority, which seems to be a little bit of an issue for Saddleback these days. They're, they're an authority to make sure that Baptist faith and message is upheld. And if you're not, well, then you need to go find a place where you can be welcomed. But don't try to undermine it. This always happens, doesn't it? You see a good institution, the liberals get in, and rather than building their own thing, they dismantle something that was perfectly fine. Finally, our goal is to spark the thinking of messengers regarding the direction of the SBC. All right. um, Game on, apparently. That's what I'm getting from this. We want to spark a decision on the identity and future of the SBC, that it should be decided by the messengers and not the committees. Note my prediction. The next, this is Rick Warren, the next generation of Southern Baptists will remove the restriction on women one day because truth eventually triumphs over tradition. Jimmy, did I mention that he's the Chancellor of Charles <laughs> 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 oh, the film at 11. and guess which denomination just hosted a fa- <laughs> family-friendly drag night in Texas, no less, specifically the town of Sherman. That, would you like to guess? Yes, that would be the United Methodists. How did you know? Well, I, Jimmy, could you do me a favor? Uh huh. The word oxymoron, does, <laughs> does it still mean what I think that word means? You can't. It's been canceled. I see. Family-friendly drag night at a church, no less. The first United Methodist Church in Sherman, Texas. It's called Pride Prom. built by organizers as a family-friendly drag show. This, this, would, be, this, this would be like a, a non-physical football game. What? Well, then it's not actually... You can't be both and the other. It also said Pride Prom be true to you. Ah the language of therapy. Well done, church. This is Wretched Radio. Ah, some good news. Two encouragements from the Tomorrow Clubs. They have hundreds of weekly kids meeting clubs in Eastern Europe, but now they've expanded to Africa
2: Hey, thanks for listening to Wretched Radio today. You know your support means the world to us, quite literally. We need your continued support and commitment to keep it going. Become an ongoing monthly gospel partner today, and you can join us in this mission to reach millions all over the world with the gospel. And I'm not talking about a one-time thing here. I'm talking about a monthly commitment. And in return, we promise to be efficient efficient compelling and biblically sound. Now, I know you're busy, and I don't want to waste a whole lot of your time, so quickly allow me to run through these facts. Gospel Partners Media, that's us, is a 501c3 nonprofit organization, so all of your gifts are tax-deductible. We're members in good standing with the ECFA, and we undergo an audit every year to ensure we're faithful stewards of your gifts. Your donation is not just a financial gift. It's a gift of hope to those who are lost and need to know the love of Christ. Visit reggie.org slash donate or text word "wretched" to the number 44321 Wretched! amazing grace amazing gospel
1: so you're not convinced of the importance of training men to rightly divide the word of truth and fill pulpits internationally fine then we'll let Paul Washer convince you. It is so important,
2: not just important, it's absolutely essential to have a trained expositor of the scripture in every church. When we read through the book of Acts, we can see that the kingdom of God, the kingdom of Christ advances as the word of God advances.
1: Would you please consider joining the Master's Academy International in filling empty pulpits with men who can exposit the scriptures and advance the kingdom of God? It's a magnificent ministry with a generational impact. Please learn more about supporting TMAI at wretched.org slash pastor. Wretched.org slash pastor for the Master's Academy International. Mexican
0: There are many words to help us understand the nature of the Bible. Words like plenary verbal inspiration. God inspired every word of Scripture, guiding the human authors as they wrote without violating each man's personality and writing style. In the Bible, we have the very Word of God. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. The
1: answer to your question is yes. <laughs> 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 of course, we're going to play it again. This is Fox News. I'm sorry, Wretched Radio. As long as we are on the subject of the role of women in the church, which is going to be the hotly contested subject at the Southern Baptist Convention this summer. Be praying for that convention. I'm not kidding. Be praying. There's a lot of good people in the SBC. We want that denomination healthy, not sickly. We don't want it divided. I I don't if if Rick Warren and Saddleback and the supposedly 300 churches that have contacted him because they've got women pastors in their churches, If they break away, okay, it'll be 301 churches. It wouldn't be the death knoll of the SBC, but wouldn't we prefer it be robust and healthy, this particular article? Yes, churches need women who teach, lead, and preach from Relevant Magazine. Let's engage with the arguments. Because... We're willing to take a look at a hot button issue, but please note, this is always the hot button issue that starts the sled over the slippery slope and down into the land of, well, mainline Protestantism. Number one, women are foundational to the spreading of Jesus's message. Yes, so spread it. And then now here's the support. The woman at the well was the first evangelist to Samaria. Okay, um, fine. She went and told people about a man. We don't have any record that she told them the gospel, which is what it means to evangelize. She simply went and said, there's a man out there. He must be a prophet because he knows stuff that no mere mortal can know. So let's go listen to what this guy has to say. That's not evangelism. That's just inviting people to go hear somebody speak. The woman at the tomb was the first witness and proclaimer of Jesus' resurrection. Cool. What does that have to do with the office of elder? Mary of Bethany was affirmed by Jesus as doing the right thing and sitting at Jesus' feet. Yeah. And what does that have to do with church ministry offices? Nothing. Jesus obviously values women. It is the first century. The attitude of Jewish people toward women, he was, dare I say, a radical feminist for his era. That he would talk to women? That he would indeed have women tell about him to men? Oh, gasp. That was radical. Because God loves women. God loves men. But these... Stories in the Bible about God's love for women has nothing to do with the office of elder. Number two argument, women are gifted for ministry in the church. Amen. Nowhere in the New Testament are the Spirit's gifts gender-specific. That is true. But the office of elder is. That's very gender-specific. Specific, shouldn't women use the gifts given to them by God to lead the church for its uplifting and edification? Yes, just not in that particular role. Now, if you make the argument that they have to have that role, otherwise they can't be using their gifts to uplift and edify, I think it's just a very shallow understanding and a rather diminutive attitude towards spiritual gifts. Oh. You just edify other women. You just edify and uplift children. We men get to edify men. Talk about gender confusion, ironically. Number three, women bear God's image too. Yeah, let's see what this article presents as a reason for women being in the pulpit. In the creation narrative, men and women were both given an equal responsibility to bear God's image, have dominion, rule over creation, and be fruitful. Yes, as human beings, yes. In both genders, being made in the image of God, we understand that the fullness of God's personhood is expressed, not only in masculinity, but also in femininity. Um, fine. We were created to be reflections of God, to speak and act for him, In our distinctions, bingo. So even when God did give them a mandate to subdue the earth, he was immediately identifying male and female, the hard one and the soft one, and the typical roles that they play. That was the beginning. Now, do we have a treatment on roles in the church in Genesis 3? No, We don't, but we immediately see the roles that men and women traditionally play because they are biblically informed. We found that answer in Genesis. Number four, women need women advocates. Yes, hence women teaching other women. Exactly. You can bring a perspective. I think that's precisely why Paul encourages you if you are an older woman in the faith Teach the younger women in the faith because you've got wisdom, you've got Bible knowledge, and you've got experience, and you can help them. Of course, your gifts can be used. This argument is, well, I don't think honest, frankly. And finally, when women are empowered, society as a whole flourishes. Um, women can use their gifts in the church. They just have to do it in the way that God said. So I'm sorry. I'll engage with the arguments. I'm just not seeing any biblical support to change what has been so obviously understood for 2,000 years. Jimmy, guess which button I'm going to push? Breaking news. How'd you know?
0: 11.
1: Very exciting. Bibliophiles, uh, there's a new translation. You're going to want to get it if you're a vegetarian. PETA has a new vegan-friendly Bible. What? <laughs> hey, It's a digital download with a virtual vegan leather cover. Just make it plastic, okay? If you're opposed to the whole leather and skins thing, just make it plastic or glass, something. Among the changes made by PETA, they just did Genesis, which is kind of ironic, if you don't mind me saying so, because that's where we see the command to kill and eat. But not in the new PETA translation. PETA includes referring to animals as beings rather than beasts. We're all the same. Another deviation is the use of plant fibers like hemp and bamboo as clothing rather than animal skins, which robs our first gospel presentation of any meaning that God had to sacrifice, shed blood for the covering of our sin and shame. That's, 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 that's the first gospel being proclaimed with a gospel promise. There's going to come a seed that will crush the head of the serpent. Not in the PETA Bible. Did we expect a lot? No. No, we didn't. Genesis 3. They were garments of skin for Adam and his wife, and he clothed them. That's Genesis 3.21. PETA. God took some plant fibers, hemp, and bamboo, and made clothing. Okay. Thanks for feeling free to take liberties. Genesis chapter 22. Abraham travels to the land of Moriah and befriends a gentle lamb to show his reverence and respect for God's creation. Forget that he slit one in half and walked between them. But Genesis 21, where Abraham and Sarah, who at the point in the text are 190 years old, they add to their growing family. (sighs) Hold on. I got to check this. This is from the Christian post. Okay. Why don't, when is PETA going to work on the Quran? Huh? When are you going to, when are you going to go play with their holy book? They're not. Because PETA, while woefully wrong in their understanding of anthropology and the betterness of human beings than animals, they're not stupid. Here's what it said. In Genesis 21, Abraham 100, Sarah 90, quote, add to their growing family, By You want to give this one a guess, Jimmy? I, I can't even imagine. Come on. Just just imagine you did a line of crack. <laughs> I can't. I think that's how you do it. I don't know. They add to their growing family by adopting. A dog named Herbie. What? As they walked with Herbie, Sarah and Abraham thought of the importance of adopting dogs from shelters and rescue organizations. I said adopting. Rather than purchasing them from breeders. Wow. Wow, Dunnoiv, and they say. By the way, we don't mean to offend anybody. Well, best meanings and intentions aside, they spoke of how buying a dog or cat from a breeder or pet shop contributes to the companion animal overpopulation crisis, as countless dogs and cats in shelters await loving homes with breeders. While breeders continue to produce more puppies and kittens to profit. Ooh, the PETA spokesperson. They have no plans to reimagine the sacred writings. ...of other religions. (laughs) Why? (laughs) Because there's a pretty good chance that blood would be shed. But they do it with Christians. Why? Because they know they can. And it is a reminder. You will see one God that is regularly attacked. One holy book that is persistently torn up at, say, I don't know, Satan Khan. And it's the true God represented in the only inspired word that is why we see all of darkness trying to put out the light until tomorrow go serve your king